If you're a real estate agent and you're tired of cold calling, door knocking, and spending money on ads, then subscribe to this podcast. We discuss leveraging the power of YouTube for your real estate business and how these strategies earned us over $1 million in GCI our first year in real estate. My name is Levi Lassick and my partner is Travis Plum. Let's get started. All right, so this is YouTube for real estate and today we are going to be discussing YouTube Shorts. Uh, there's been some recent updates come out and this is something that you'd have to go back far into the archives to probably find those conversations and I'm not even sure if we were recording them at the time. But we, uh, you know, we've discussed shorts a little bit, and I'll share kind of the backstory of what we did on our channel, and you know, the approach we took, the experiments we ran, and the decisions we made on why we split off shorts initially. So uh, when shorts came out last year, which is probably what maybe 12, 13, 14 months ago. I did I did my research, which was the, not much to research at the time. There wasn't a lot happening in the shorts world. It was brand new to YouTube, and I spent time in Clubhouse here. There there uh, there was a few more YouTube rooms back in the day, and uh, I discussed with several creators. Now there was there was all different swings of opinions whenever it came to the shorts. They were brand new. There wasn't a lot of information. It was a little confusing on how to get a short qualified as a short, where it would go, where it would end up. And everybody I asked, you know, had a different opinion, a different theory, a different thought process. But, you know, the thing was, is that's, that's why I like to have conversations, um, learn, ask questions, figure out a plan, a strategy, because uh, I just wanted to make sure that I approached it correctly. So probably a little over a month and a half, maybe almost two months, I kind of went on this dilemma of adding shorts to the channel because you know it was something that we were talking about for quite some time as far as the difference between long form and short form content. I mean, you can look at any studies. Uh, we mentioned this stat in our uh, in our upcoming book, uh, Passive Prospecting. You know, which is I don't I'm not even sure how they studied this, but it was I'd have to look at the exact quote. So, and this is not the exact quote is going to be in the book. We we checked out the research, but they said the average attention span or or the human attention span they said right now is less than a goldfish, which they're saying the goldfish is at nine seconds, and I believe the human attention span was measured at 6.8, <laughs> but but I'm not sure how you measure a goldfish's attention span. Uh, that that befuddles me. I'm a little confused on that one, but still, I mean, 6.8 seconds, that's a really short amount of time. Now, that's that plays into why everybody says that you have three seconds to hook people on your videos, which is, you know, barely any time to really get a, a point across or, or make something that is hook worthy. I mean, you can absolutely, but it takes a little bit longer than three seconds, but still they're saying three seconds is the determination. Now they say attention spans are dead these days, which is why everybody has to be a dancing real estate agent on TikTok if they want to succeed on social media in the real estate space right now. And we've always preached uh, different to that, which is long form content is king. That's where people really develop relationships with you. In addition to that, YouTube is a place where people go to search. They are intentional. This is something that we've discussed several times is our average contact under contract on the first 217 transactions we did from the channel was 47 days. So on average, from the first time anybody ever reached out to us, to us getting them under contract was 47 days. That is extremely fast. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that these other platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, are interruption platforms. As far as I know, not a lot of people are going there to say, uh, to search for real estate. They're not saying, hey, honey, it's time to buy a house. Let's go into Facebook and see what's on the market. Hey, honey, it's time to buy a house. Let's go on Instagram and see if we can find an agent posting really cool market reports. Or, hey, honey, it's time to buy a house. Let's go on TikTok and see if we can find the best dancing real estate agent. They typically go to those platforms for entertainment value. Now, they're saying TikTok is turning into the search platform of Gen Z and 
I know TikTok is moving towards a towards search-based content, so that could be very lucrative, I think, coming up. But ideally, you know, interruption platforms, short-form platforms, are usually there to distract, to kill time. You know, to uh, you know, you're sitting in traffic. How many times have you sat at a red light? Uh, and the few short seconds there are at a red light, uh, sometimes they seem like they last forever. But you pull out your phone and you start scrolling on social media. You go to Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and you just say, oh, I'll kill the next 10 to 20 seconds checking out videos on those platforms. I mean, uh, you're standing in line at Chick-fil-A or you're in the drive-thru or you're getting gas. Those, you know, to me, that is where, uh, you know, that's where I find my time. If I were to go there, I really don't spend a lot of time consuming short form content. Uh, except towards probably the very end of the night whenever I go in and that's uh, usually whenever I check my DMs. Uh, I don't have notifications turned on or anything like that. So I go in and check that whenever I I determine it's necessary or whenever I have time. I feel like if somebody you know, DMs me, I feel like if somebody DMs me on Instagram, it's not something that is urgent or you know terribly important. And so I just wait till the end of the day, usually after dinner, uh, whenever I go in and I start checking uh, DMs and things like that on on social media. So, you know, from that standpoint, it's it's that's where most people go to kill time. You know, as a distraction for entertainment to uh, not necessarily intentionally search out. Uh, solutions for their problems, right? And so that was the big, that was the big uh, issue that I had with short form information coming out. And then also, how was it going to be found on YouTube? How were people going to come across it? You know, where would it live? They were talking about the shorts feed or the shorts shelf they referred to back in the day. And I wasn't really sure. I was like, okay, everybody was like, well, is it a shorts feed? Is it a shorts shelf? What does that actually mean? Uh, you know, I just, I don't get it. And that's the thing is so, uh, now I'm not saying these other platforms don't work. Clearly we know a lot of real estate agents that are successful on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. So, you know, I'm not knocking those platforms. I'm just saying from a preferential standpoint, of course, we are biased towards YouTube, you know, but initially you can definitely generate business, but, it, but it's not likely immediate business that you can, but not as immediate as what we find on YouTube. Again, average contact to contract was 47 days out of 217 transactions. Now, people can find your content on these short form platforms. They can come across it whenever they're killing time or, or looking for information. And I get that, but that's likely where they can, they will like you or follow you or subscribe or something like that. But they may not be in the market for another, you know, 12, 18, 24, 36 months. So, you know, it is a great way to brand. And, and I do recommend, you know, to be on those platforms. But if you're looking to generate a significant amount of business, I still feel like long form content is there. Think about it. Your average TV show is at least half an hour. And then it's usually in a series format. And what happens is, uh, you know, and you know, have you ever watched a TV show, the first TV show for 30, uh, you know, for the first episode or two or three episodes? And you almost uh, didn't watch it after the first, second, or third episode, but something told you to hang on or somebody told you to hang on, right? Somebody that liked the series said, hey, you got to wait till episode three. It's a little slow in the beginning. And I think I just heard somebody mention that about uh, one of the, I don't know, one of the new series or whatever, um, Lord of the Rings or something that came out recently. They're like, okay, just get through the first episode, right? And what happens is as you watch more and more content, you develop more of a relationship. So, you know, that's the thing is that long form content, I believe is the best for uh, conversion and for uh, developing relationships. So that's what I got really torn on was the fact that uh, when shorts came out, is that going to obstruct the channel? Where, you know, how are people gonna find the content? Will it get pushed out to the right people? Because I know YouTube is very, very good about finding your ideal client or your ideal viewer. So I thought, well, you know, after um, almost probably two months of discussions with a lot of creators and, and you know, on, on YouTube, I just decided there's only one real way to find out, and that's to experiment with it on our own channel, period. That's what it comes down to, re regardless of what anybody says, including myself. 
every channel is different, every uh, experience is different, every market is different. And so, you know, what we say worked for us, we have seen it work for many other people, but it's not likely going to work exactly the same, right? There's going to be some differences and, and, and nuances and things that you have to learn and understand and, and really develop on your own. So that there's no other way but then to just uh, test this, to, to give it a try. But I knew I needed a valid test. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to post a short or two and see what happens. It was, I need uh, to have a plan. Again, you know, if you treat YouTube like a hobby, it'll pay you like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, it can pay you like a business. So I needed a plan, a little, a little uh, you know, implementation plan so that I knew I would have a start, a finish, and and what I was looking for exactly. Well, that to me, that was, okay, I'm going to give it a 30 days. And I figured the best way to do it was to post um, at least one short a day for 30 days to give that a try. So that's what I did. Now, I made the content uh, not from repurposed content. Now, that's the thing is that uh, if you look on my Instagram or uh, TikTok, uh, where we do a lot of, you know, we teach a lot of YouTube stuff, most of that is repurposed. It's chopped out of a lot of uh, coaching I do, calls like this call. You know, this I've mentioned this before. We, you know, we film this call because it will get chopped up and turned into reels, uh, probably 20, 30 reels. And uh, that's something we were talking about yesterday is every real estate agent is making 100 pieces of content per day. It's just a matter of whether you document that or not. You know, if you're, if you're making calls two hours a day, you know, or prospecting two hours a day, it's very simple to set up a camera right next to you and especially a phone if you have an additional phone in a vertical format and record you making calls for two hours a day. It doesn't mean you're going to publish all two hours, but you could, uh, you know, have an editor chop that stuff up and pull out some really good nuggets or things that you say or objections you overcome or concerns or, you know, things like that. And you could turn that all into content. You could even after each call, press record on your phone right next to you and give yourself a critique, you know? What did you learn? What did what could you do better? What did you say correctly? What what will you say differently next time? So if you're making, you know, 50 calls a day prospecting, after each call, if you made a reel, you know, explaining exactly what happened in that call, uh yeah, the success, the failure of that call or or you know how it happened. I mean, you could potentially have 50 reels a day if you're making 50 calls. Now that'll take in a little additional time to do that. But really, when you add that up, you just run through there. That's that's an additional 50 minutes if you do, you know, one minute per call. Or you could do half of that. I mean, what do you need, really? I mean, that could give you one day worth of calling, could give you uh, two months worth of reels almost. So anyways, that was a side side rant there, but just some food for thought. But um, I didn't want to just chop up content. I wanted to make specific content because here's the other thought process behind it was if I do the shorts and I keep doing them, I'll have a format or, or a, uh, a bucket or a playlist or whatever it is you want to call it. I wanted to make it uh, into a utility aspect as well or you know, utility for the client. And then that way, if I stopped, those videos would have some relevance as well. So that was the other thing I was thinking about is that if this doesn't work out and I stop after 30 days, I did want those videos to have an evergreen format depending on whatever happened with YouTube. And again, this was still very open to debate about what was going to happen exactly. Well, uh, I posted, I started to post the shorts and what I decided to do was make two different uh, main uh, pieces of content for the shorts, which was things to do and places to eat in Dallas. Thought that was something very simple, found several top, you know, it, it, you could do this right now. You can probably Google your city or even go on Yelp um, if you go on Yelp, Yelp does a lot of top 10 list. You know, you could type in barbecue restaurants, uh, Mexican restaurants, Asian restaurants, Indian restaurants, and you could get the top 10 Indian restaurants and the top 10 barbecue restaurants and the top 10 Mexican restaurants all in your city just by going on Yelp. And so that's where I would go to. And I would look at the, I would look what they listed at the top 10, but I might change out the number one or number two based on my own opinion. So I would, I did, okay things to eat and uh, which was, you know, the top 10, here's the top 10 barbecue restaurants in Dallas, Texas. Here's the top 10 Mexican restaurants in Dallas, Texas, you know, and I would say number one, number two, and I would just read off the list, but then we would add in B-roll 
of pictures of each of those restaurants, uh, which, which uh, you know, really kind of kept uh, changing up a little bit. But the reason we did that as well, so I would have that, um, things to do in places to eat, and then things to do, I was like, here's the top 10 museums, you know, here's the top 10 parks, here's the uh, the top 10 things to do for kids. Here's the top 10 things to do for free in Dallas. And so it was things to do, places to eat. But I also thought because if this, if I don't continue this, at least I have these videos and we can create a couple of playlists from there. You know, I was planning on doing, you know, about 15 each. So I was going to do it for 30 days. So 15 each. I'd have 15 videos on things to do in Dallas and 15 videos on places to eat. And I thought that could also be a good utility uh, use or aspect for our clients. So if for all else fails, if uh, you know I don't see what I want to see, I can list these. And, and this is what we've done now is we've made those two different playlists, and we include those in our welcome to town or you know welcome uh, their their visiting emails. So whenever people say, "Hey, I'm going to come into town," or "I'm coming to visit this weekend." or basically whenever they say they're coming to town. So it's our coming to town email. We send them an email. Uh, we ask them for their flights, for their hotel, the duration of their stay. When would they like to see homes or when are they available? Because, you know, someone could come in for four days, but they may only want to look at homes for one day. You know, they may want to, they may have family or friends or want to go to Six Flags or the ballpark. I, you know, who knows? But that's why we want to clarify and understand that, um, how many days you're going to be here and what days are you available to view homes? So we understand their expectations as well. Cause if they say, Hey, look, I'm going to be there for four days, but I only have one day on Friday and that's it. We've got five hours, you know, or four hours. We need to know that. So we prep them for that. But now we include the playlist in there, which is, and also here's some recommendations while you're in town. Here's the, here's the, uh, here's a playlist of things to do and a playlist of, uh, places to eat. In Dallas, so it gives them a very quick reference. It allows them to, you know, view very short videos, uh, and they can, of course, search those by title. If they're interested in barbecue restaurants, well, shoot, they can go to that video, and in 60 seconds, I'll tell them the top 10 barbecue restaurants, and then from there, they can Google it, look it up, find it, and you know, go visit a barbecue restaurant if they want. So that had the utility aspect to it, uh, which uh, which was what I was looking for. That's how I plan to make the content evergreen from the beginning, d depending on whatever YouTube did. Because uh, one one thing they made clear in the beginning was that they I, I don't I'm pretty sure in the beginning they made it clear it wasn't searchable, right? It wasn't. It was more like what was going to happen. They were talking about the short speed and the short shelf. It was just you know this this virality aspect, and so. You know, ultimately we just had to test it. So I started to publish one per day and that only lasted about three weeks. So I didn't make it the whole four weeks because after three weeks I decided to stop. And that was based on the results that I was seeing. And what I was seeing was every single video, pretty much every single video would get 500 to 1,000 views in the first hour. Basically it would, you know, or maybe with, by the second or third hour, it would come out flat deader than a doornail and then all of a sudden within one hour boom it would shoot straight up you would look at the analytics and it would just go straight into uh, you know a straight spike and that and then it would level off and after that straight spike it would completely die flatline like zero views after that nothing at all and so what i learned from that was that YouTube was placing it in what they call the shorts feed, which the short feed is basically what it's like if you log in uh, to TikTok or you click on the Reels button on your on your um, on Instagram. You know, if you click on that Reels tab on Instagram, all you have to do is just use your thumb and you can sit there and just flip through Reels. Right? You open up TikTok, all you got to do is start using your thumb and you can just flip through uh, TikToks. You know, just one after another. So that's what was happening was that uh, YouTube was just placing those shorts in people's feed. So if they actually went to the shorts feed on YouTube, it would just get randomly put in there. Well, the thing was, is that was just thinking, well, a thousand people in one hour, that, that can't be the target market, right? It can't be the ideal market. It can't be people that are really interested in real estate um, or uh, things to do or places to eat around Dallas. Maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it reached hyper-local people. Uh, I'm not sure, but that's that's the issue is it doesn't really tell you the audience you're reaching there either. 
But I also thought, well, that's a lot of people that can't really be my ideal customer, uh, you know, because I think it's just randomly getting thrown out there. But once I saw that consistently over three weeks, that's why I decided to stop was because I didn't feel like it was getting to the right audience at the right time. And, you know, I didn't see our calls increase during that time either. So even though an extra thousand views per day since I was publishing one short per day, there wasn't a, uh, you know, it didn't seem like there was a, a, a differentiation in calls to the, you know, in, inbound. So it didn't really affect that. So I thought, okay, well, what's really the point? And plus, if it getting a thousand views and it's nothing after that, well, that's not evergreen, you know? Um, now I can send it to clients, as I mentioned, as a utility in emails and coming to town emails, but after that, it, it, it has no purpose on YouTube. How will people ever find it unless they come directly to the channel? And if they come to the channel, they're probably not looking for short form content, right? They're in research mode. They're, they're looking for answers and solutions. So that's why I stopped, you know, and that's it. Hadn't thought really twice about it for the, the last year. And that was it. You know, I've checked back a couple of times on those shorts and sure enough, still no views, completely flatlined, zero after the fact until I believe it was uh, one of our calls a couple of weeks ago. And I, I saw that YouTube did this update where they, they said in the update, hey, now you can, uh, so here's update number one. Now you can clip shorts directly from your long form content. So you have the option now on your videos to go ahead and just clip your direct, uh, direct shorts from that. So you can, you can do that or an editor can do that. And the thing is, is that they will link that short back to the long form video. So before as well, if we wanted to link to a long form video, let's say we were cutting snippets out of it, we would have to put that link in the in the description and we would have to make reference to that. But again, this goes into platform psychology and 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 consumption psychology. I just don't think that when people are watching short form content, they're in that mood to watch long form content, which is another reason why we don't recommend posting to other social media platforms, your YouTube videos, because if I'm on TikTok or Instagram and I'm randomly scrolling and then I go through your feed and I see you've posted a video and I click on it and it takes me to YouTube and I see it's 20 minutes long, I'm probably going to say, well, I don't want to watch a 20 minute video. You know, I want to go back to watching, being entertained, watching 30 and 45 second clips. Uh, plus, again, they're probably not likely researching for that information on these other platforms whenever they you, you post videos there. So that's why we never really recommend to do that. So, you know, from there, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't searchable. So what I noticed in the last month, though, I went back and started to check the shorts because, um, what was that? Okay, so yeah, update number one was you can clip directly from there and they're going to link that short now to the long form content. So you do have opportunity. I haven't looked at how that's done exactly, but I'm assuming it's just gonna be by a quick button or, or a push of a button or something like that. So, you know, from there, uh, update number two was the fact that shorts are going to be searchable now. They will show up in search-based content. That I found interesting and I thought, well, let me check this out. Let me let me do some tests. Well, I went into my analytics of my shorts and I hadn't even realized it, but over the last couple of weeks, they had all taken off. All of them. I went through all of them and they all um, started to hockey stick, uh, like a 45 degree angle of viewership. And in totality over the last month, over the last 28 days, we've gotten an additional 5,000 views from our shorts, from those, um, what do we post, like 20, 20 to 21 shorts over a year ago. Now we've gotten an equivalent of uh, 5,000 views in the last 28 days just from those shorts resurfacing as search-based content. And sure enough, I went to uh, YouTube on an incognito window and searched best Indian restaurant in Dallas because I did well, that was one of my shorts, you know, best Indian restaurant in Dallas. And sure enough, my short video popped up there uh, within the top three search results as a short. And and that was it. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> there we go. It's uh, it's all searchable now. So that is a that's to me is a is a game changer. I mean, that's a big deal. However, 
I'm not sure how to apply that just yet either because I could easily, you know, go to making shorts and posting shorts on the channel. But I'm still wondering, is that the best thing to do? Um, because, again, I still believe in the fact that people going to YouTube are looking for long-form content. I understand shorts are having a huge impact right now and they're getting a lot of views. But it's uh, it's also with a lot of creators that, uh, I don't know, it may fit in there. So it's one of those things that's very confusing to me because we could start posting shorts. Again, I think they have the aspect to go mini viral. I'll, I'll say mini viral from the fact that, you know, it, it will probably get a ton of views uh within the first couple of hours if it gets put in the shorts feed so that means it's getting throwing out thrown out there now that's the thing people it'll come into people's short feed is that more brand awareness yes is that more exposure yes is that people looking to buy real estate today probably not that much as it is for people directly looking for that information but now that it's also searchable they could search that information and if your short pops up, that could be their first introduction to your content. So to me, it's a game changer. Now, the only other thing that really makes me a little hesitant on doing this is how do you publish? What's the publishing schedule for already doing three videos per week, long form content? What would happen if we published two or three shorts every other day that we're not publishing long form content? So if we're publishing on Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, then then what do we, do we post two shorts on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays? Do we do that? Because I think you're going to have to really be consistent. I don't think like one short per week is going to have a huge impact and, it's, and it may not get picked up by YouTube uh, or thrown in the shorts feed, which is ideally what you would want is to have it get some traction. I mean, the search will be there for the long term but you have an opportunity to kind of go mini viral if it gets thrown in the shorts feed. But posting once per month, or I mean once per week, you know, may not do the trick. Everything that I've also seen is that, um, you know, they are looking for two or three posts per day if you're going to post the shorts. Or could we post shorts, uh, you know, on the same days as long form content? Do we just publish two shorts a day every day? Or... Or what I thought about is what if we did it on Saturday, like Saturday shorts day, and we posted three or four or five shorts just in one day, you know, like a 8 a.m., a 10, 10 a.m., a 12 p.m., a 2 p.m., a 4 p.m., you know, something like that. What if you did a week's worth of shorts in one day, once a week? You know, so there's a lot of different options there and considerations that... I'm still kind of tossing back and forth and I'm just wondering, well, I don't know. What's the right answer? Is there a right answer? I'm not really sure. So uh, it, it's interesting, but now that the fact that shorts are searchable, all of our shorts from last year resurfaced is a big deal, you know, but I'm not sure exactly what that means just yet. So so let's see here. Uh, Chrissy, um, anything you'd like to add in there? Any thoughts? If your uh, microphone is working, or if you're there, you're probably, she's probably uh, singing um, Yankee Doodle Dandy with the, with the kids. What's up, Armando? How are you, my man? Howdy. Yeah, good, Levi's. Uh, always looking forward to your rooms. Good, good talk, good space. Yeah, no, man, uh, I've been really kind of trying to do the short uh, YouTube shorts over the weekend. I found that it's a super in my opinion super short and simple i had this little app that kind of combines video clips together to make it um i guess to make it look nice or yeah, i did it for my open house over the weekend and it was like a quick i don't know 45 second tour so i guess a couple of questions the max length of the shorts and then second um have y'all done anything to squeeze in or whatever y'all because you talked about the best rest the best x amount whatever culture restaurant like whether it's like you say it's indian or asian or whatever i mean what what have y'all done as far as like getting people to call you from the shorts or 
the viewerships that have received a ton of views from the shorts to pack in all that information in one short in that little amount of time. I, I don't know, at this point, what, a minute? Um, so those two questions. And then I'd put my, my best performing short so far from over the weekend, I've done four, uh, was a pet short. Huh. My dog was stalking a squirrel, and it got 4,000 views. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, yeah, the, uh, good questions. Um, so the first one, yeah, they, they need to be under 60 seconds to qualify as a short. And some will say 59 seconds. Some will say 58 seconds. So, yeah, I think anywhere uh, less than 58 seconds should keep you safe. Now, before, back in the day, you had to include hashtag shorts in the title. That's not the case anymore. And, of course, it's got to be in vertical format. If you've watched any shorts on YouTube, you'll also know that they've re restructured how you view it on a desktop so it doesn't have the black bars of death on both sides or, you know, uh, negative space on both sides. It, it just kind of views as if you were viewing it on a cell phone. So they've, they've made that more of a viewable experience. But yeah, as long as your vertical format under 60 seconds, then you should be, then it should qualify for the short. Now, uh, that's funny you mentioned that because that's something I, I forgot to mention as well, which is I looked at the view duration. Now, the thing is, is that in what I've, what I'm seeing on short form content, what a lot of people say really is the hack is to have an ending that loops into your beginning. So that way, if it's a 30 second, or 15 second or 30 or whatever the length is, your ending doesn't really have an ending, but whenever it loops into the beginning, you know, it, it causes people to watch that reel at least another 10, 20, 30%. Sometimes they'll watch it 100% more. And so then, then you get these view durations of 110, 120, 130% because people sometimes don't even realize that the reel started over. Now that's on Reels and, and TikTok. I noticed Reels now, I believe, like Reels, I believe, play twice and then it will stop and say, watch again, you know, so you have to click to, to watch it again if you want after a, a second time, but it can loop. I think TikTok just loops automatically. I'm not sure if YouTube, uh, actually, I think it does. Actually, I could just pull up a short right now to test this out. And, but what I noticed on my view durations on the end of my shorts, I did do this last year is I, I added a call to action at the end, which was, and by the way, uh, my name is Levi. I'm a real estate agent. And if you, and if you, uh, are thinking about making a move to Dallas, give us a call, shoot us a text or send us an email all in the description below, you know, just very short and simple like that. And what I noticed was the, the view duration, as soon as I stopped, as, as soon as I got done with the top 10 list, and said, my name is Levi, I'm a real estate agent, it was a dramatic drop off. So even though that, that close out or call to action was four to five seconds, it's enough where uh, people said, okay, I'm out of here. And then I gave, it gave my shorts zero chance to, to loop or to get view durations of a, 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 over 100%. So now if I were to make you know, shorts going forward, that's something I would definitely I would definitely uh, keep in mind, right? So is having the, uh, the, the endless loop on there. Let's see, best Indian food in Dallas. I'm just going to see if mine comes up, my short. And it does, number three. Okay, so uh, anyways, so uh, Justin, you want to, how are you doing today, my man? I see you jumping in there, so. Other than uh, Coldhouse not letting my Bluetooth work. <laughs> no complaints, brother. Uh, plowing through some major stuff in Prime, but wanted to pop in and say hi really quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you're you're a little more um, you're a little bit more adept to the short form content. Any any um, any thoughts on on that end piece, that looping aspect, or uh, what? Didn't, didn't hear the conversation about the looping. So are you talking about like on TikTok and, and Shorts in terms of like getting people to rewatch the video? Is that your question? Yeah, where there's no real mm -hmm. ending, like the ending kind of merges into the beginning. With so the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so here's a couple of things I'm chewing on. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something super controversial at you that I want to talk about after because I want to hear your opinion. And I'll start with that, and then I'll, I'll kind of loop back to that at the end. Hey, if you love Indian food and you're in Dallas, Texas, then you definitely want to... Oops, sorry. 
Go for it. Uh, all good. Um, I was watching Vanessa Lau's video, and she was talking about, like, stop doing these five things on YouTube today, right? And one was uploading captions and spending all that money on rev.com and otter.ai that YouTube has actually made some massive changes to how they're doing their own captioning and subtitling. So I'm, I'm so curious about like stopping that for a month and seeing how that affects my watch time. Stop gamifying the click-through rate that a lot of people that are, are strictly gamifying that they're actually hurting their watch time because they may get click-through, but if the content isn't good, they're not getting the watch time. The third thing is watch time is literally everything on the YouTube channel. And I think the last one was around really around the short form and treating it like a social media platform. So the reason I kind of tee this up is for the last week, I've been really treating my YouTube app like a social media platform. So creating shorts natively in the app and creating content that delivers such good value that you're going to rewatch it. So that's how I think of my loops, Levi, is I try and give you concise information that you're going to want to rewatch and be like, oh, crap, I got to grab a pen and write that down. So I think you can create that type of looping content organically. Um, Zach does a really good job of this on TikTok. Uh, he does really quick cuts and content that's going to make you want to watch it because you missed something in the beginning that he talks about at the end. So I think that's how I think about it is how can I – create content that my audience is going to want to watch two or three times. I'm getting the red bar death, but hopefully that made sense. And I'd love your opinion on what I shared at the beginning that, you know, keywords are not as important as you think they are. Like people spending all this time worrying about the perfect keywords when they should be worrying about the content. What are your thoughts on what I shared with uh, Vanessa's thoughts on the future of YouTube? Yeah, I love that question, and we heard you uh, loud and clear, so that was good. Uh, and let me just jump back to Armando real quick. Did that help out, Armando, or did you have a further question on that? If you're there still, Mr. Armando? I'm here, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was digging into your stuff, man. Okay, did that I help? Know you had a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it helped. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So yeah, I want to, yeah, let's, uh, let's go back to what Justin was asking. Uh, you know, this is something, <laughs> this is something I've, I've gone back and forth with, with a couple of other creators and, and here's, here's my opinion on that. Still, I, I still believe what I like to say is, is you optimize for the algorithm in the beginning, and then you optimize for the audience, you know, once you have an audience, because the thing is, is that and what I've found uh, and what we've been able to duplicate with others as well is that basing things on keyword and on search results helps you get found sooner rather than later. I mean, YouTube is a search engine and keywords and SEO do matter. I I just, I don't buy into the fact that, um, well, I, the thing is, is you talk to a lot of creators and a lot of them, I mean, Mr. Beast is a prime example, right? Uh, Mr. Beast, what took uh, five years to get to a thousand subs. Okay. Now here's the thing. I will never probably get to a hundred million subscribers like he has now. Uh, but we got to a thousand within three months. Why? Because I believe we optimize everything off of search results. Now we're also in a completely different niche, a completely different industry. And we're in an, uh, an opportunity to where people are actively searching for this information. Now, the thing is, is that Mr. Beast is a, is a personality, right? He has a certain type of content and, uh, and whenever you make things about what you want to make them about and you, and it can be good content. I, uh, uh, I'm not saying that he doesn't have good content or Vanessa Lau doesn't have good content, but I think that's where it takes a lot of time. Cause you talk to anybody, Sean Cannell, Benji Travis, you know, they, it took them a long time to build up their following because they were creating specific content that um, people had to find them, find value in that con content, you know, um, connect with their personality. And, and, you know, when you're creating content that you want to connect with people that fit with you and that interest and that, it, it, I think that just takes more time to build up, which is where you'll hear a lot of these stories of, people that are very successful now that say, well, it took me a year or two or three or sometimes five to even get traction. But now, yeah, they, do they worry about keywords and this and that? No, because now they have an audience. You know, the thing is, is Mr. Beast is not, 
making uh, videos, as far as I know, based on keywords. He he he's making videos that he believes his audience is going to watch and consume. And he understands his audience, which I say from a real estate side, because, you know, we're real real estate agents that, you know, if I made, if I started making, um, you know, here's my life or my personal blog or vlog or, or I could even make good content. But if I didn't gear that around to what people were already searching, I think it does take longer for people to find that content. Not that it won't happen, uh, but I, that's why I like to say, optimize for the algorithm in the beginning. And then once you have an audience, see, once we started to establish an audience and we started getting phone calls and emails and texts, and then people started coming into town and we're working with them and having conversations, then we, we started to know our audience, right? Reading comments on the channel. So the more and more all of that built up and we got to know our audience a lot better. Now, can I make a video not necessarily keyword optimized. Yeah, absolutely. And I've done that a lot to where um, I make a video based on what I believe the audience is going to consume and watch more and it's going to hit with them. But then also we'll still optimize it in the back end because it will become search. And to me, search is a is a is an evergreen strategy as well. I mean, I love browse and suggested. And most of our videos, when we publish them, that's where a significant amount of views will come through in the beginning. But once the browse and suggested starts to die off, because um, there will be a point where it does start to die off, I've seen it time and time again that search will take over uh, on the back end. So when YouTube decides for whatever reason that it it doesn't push that video out as much as possible to me search is the the best backup and it's the best evergreen strategy because uh, you know we are optimizing and working on that in the back end so it, it builds that up so I I uh, I'm, I'm both ways on it Justin if that makes sense I mean I understand exactly what she's talking about and uh, I do believe in making good content and what we end up you know, discussing with a lot of real estate agents is beginning in their journey. And when they're beginning in their journey, uh, they're just trying to get found. And uh, in my opinion, what we found is that the search is really a great way to get found. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, tons. Actually, there's two things I want to just follow up with on that. So Dale in the audience is killing it on TikTok. I met him in a few of our creator rooms. So if you want to talk about short form, he's like a black belt to my like three stripe white belt. But to your point, Levi, what you were talking about from YouTube is the perfect answer, right? Because if I take my two channels, what's the purpose of your channel? It's, you know, on my prime channel is to get the phone ringing and get leads in those areas. And I do think you have to optimize for search and understand that language on my personal YouTube channel. It's funny, I can feel the platform working in different ways, right? Where on my personal channel, I don't want the phone to ring. What I want to create is shareable, bingeable content to create the thousand true fans, right? So I find, you know, the not caring as much or optimizing for keywords or even click through rate has been better for me on my personal channel, albeit it's a smaller channel. I can feel the avatar and the person I'm creating content for really coming to fruition. And it's fascinating because I can feel the difference on the two channels. Um, but I can see how the expedited growth, you know, if you're treating it as an actual business on a searchable channel, the algorithm, like it, it wants to know, like who do I need to service to, right? And there's no reason not to use the tools that are in place for that and then i'll give one super hack that i use and i'm inspired by your channel is when i'm doing my keyword research for neighborhoods i'll literally pull up like you know full vlog doer of dallas texas and i'll use keywords everywhere to see how did you structure your keywords and then i'll use a google document find and replace and just find and replace dallas for london texas for ontario and use different formats and combinations to see how it works what i've noticed is because of our population density it's very different you know how to structure videos and like just the the view counts and what will make the phone ring but there's no reason to reinvent the wheel so i think that was the perfect answer you do definitely want to optimize for the algorithm to help it understand who your audience avatar is but i definitely find that you know that organic watch time and really trying to figure out the avatar of like finding your frank like christine smallhorn likes to share all the time 
is so important. Like, who is watching your video? How old are they? How much money do they make? What are their interests? What subject matters matter to them? What type of content do they want? Um, you know, it's it's all it's fun, man. And I think that the future of technology in these platforms is something. But yeah, if uh, if Dale can pop up here and chat about the short form game, everybody should go follow him on TikTok. He's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And that you know, so that's uh, and I've mentioned before, you know, when we started this channel, it was. Uh, very strategic. It was intentional, right? It wasn't, uh, I came in on a mission. There was no, uh, it was no like, Oh, I've, I've been in real estate for five, 10 years. Let me make a channel to supplement my business or, you know, there wasn't any, any, it was, it was, like I said, extremely strategic and intentional. The whole goal. And this is what I always ask people is like, what's the goal of your channel? Our goal was to make the phone ring. And so if we want to get found sooner rather than later, I, that's where I believe search was the reason because if I would have made, well, Levi's a brand new real estate agent. Let me do a personal vlog. I, I would have to find people that are interested in me. Now, could I make badass uh, content? Well, I don't know. And probably not in the beginning, but am I a Casey Neistat? Not exactly. So I don't know how I could turn every single day of my life and make it interesting like he can, which is amazing. You know, that's, that's the thing, but you know, he grew the most, uh, from consistently posting and even, uh, posting for, uh, three years, every single day for three years. So that was optimizing for the audience, right? Because, and, and the consistency found his audience. And, uh, so, but we got our first phone call with in 30 days of the channel. So we probably had 10 to 12 videos up and only 48 subscribers. And I remember very specifically, and the client that called us had a million dollar budget, which, you know, in real estate terms, that's, that could be on average a $30,000 commission if we, if we close that. Well, the thing was is that he found us because I made a video on a specific neighborhood. Nobody else in Dallas had made a, a video on that neighborhood. And, you're, you know, you're, the channel is not searchable in the beginning. Your, your channel is not likely ever going to pop up in search. It took us over a year to become a preferred channel. Now, channels can pop up in search as a preferred channel, I believe, once you've established a significant library and, and uh, you know, turn keywords that, that, that uh, funnel up to that channel. But... If you search, um, you know, Dallas, Texas, or, you know, living in Dallas, Texas within our first 30 days, our channel's not going to pop up. We don't have an extensive library, but he searched that specific neighborhood. We were the only ones that had a video because uh, that, and that neighborhood was not highly searched in Dallas, but it's right next door to me. And it's one of my favorite neighborhoods. So I did make that video because I wanted to, not because it had the highest search results, but I also optimize it to key words. But when he called, you know, that was that's what he said. He's like, look, we were, we're looking to move to that specific neighborhood. You're the only one that had a video on it. It, we really found value in the video and we just thought, why not give you a call? You know? And that was his exact words, which was awesome. And so therefore he didn't, he didn't say, well, I noticed you only have 48 subscribers. So I I don't think you're legit, you know, or you've only got 12 videos on your entire channel. So I don't think you're legit. Or, you know, he didn't say how long have you been in business or what was your production levels? None of that literally found value in a single video, uh, happened to be on the neighborhood he wanted to move to. And he found it because he was searching that neighborhood on YouTube. And so, um, that, that to me just kind of proved the point to that. It, it, that's what helps you get found in the beginning. So, so yes. And now, and really now a lot of my videos are based on the audience. I, I will make videos not based. I, I don't search and see if it's a searchable content. I know what, what my audience is looking for now because we have the relationship with them as well. Now, once we make that video, we're going to do optimization on the back end, of course, because as I mentioned, we want it to be backed up by search. So, so that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm all, I'm on, I'm on both sides, you know? So I believe, um, there's definitely ways to do that. So let's see, I'll, I'll invite uh, Dell, see if he's available to come up. And are you experimenting any, Justin, right now? Are you experimenting with shorts? I mean, I know you've published some in the before. Have you, do you have a, huh? Big time? Big time. Yeah. So I'm actually doing, uh, I'm treating it like TikTok. 
So okay. I'm using the actual YouTube app and I'm shooting shorts on the fly at the office. So okay. I'm using like content content as shorts. So like past short form content. Um, but I'm also treating it just like a social media app because I have a feeling YouTube wants you to use the app. So you can actually do this. This is pretty fun. Save you a lot of money with an editor. You can pull up one of your long form videos on the YouTube app. Then you can click. If you're logged into your account, you can actually click create a short from that video. And then what it does is it automatically links that video to the short form content. So I know I have oodles of long form content on my channels. So every day I'm doing basically one short form content natively in the app from a longer piece of content. And I bet you if I do that consistently for a couple months, it's going to blow up some of my content. So that, that's one of the strategies I'm doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a smart experiment, right? <laughs> we could say uh, to see what happens there. Now, we've got somebody, uh, Carson, who we've, um, you know, have helped and he's he's in New Orleans. Now, here's the thing. New Orleans, Louisiana is not the hustling and bustling economy of the world, right? It's not a it's not a high relocation market. There's not a lot of people that move to New Orleans. You know, corporations are not uh you know, setting up shop there. And it's a small, you know, when you look at the Metro of New Orleans, I think, I believe it's less than 300,000, which would make it one of the smallest, you know, smallest Metro cities in, in America. So, you know, and it's a major tourist destination. Now that's the thing is that you can make content, of course, and attract people that are looking for all that tourist information, but are they ever considering buying a house there? So it's just a smaller market. And Carson is a, he could be on the cusp of millennial or Gen Z. I'm not sure what the, the top age of Gen Z is right now, uh, but he's probably on that borderline of uh, either a millennial or an older millennial or a newer Gen Zer, I would say, you know, but otherwise, uh, you know, he, uh, we've been working with him and is the long form content in New Orleans, again, not a high search volume. And it does okay, you know, and it's still, you know, it's still early on, but he, you know, has a knack for short form content and started to make shorts on YouTube, uh, like, uh, what you'll see a lot of creators doing, you know, funny spiffs and spoofs and, you know, uh, related to real estate. Uh, sometimes they're five seconds, eight seconds, 15 seconds, 20, you know, kind of all over the place. Well, his shorts are, are, are absolutely taken off. And it's starting to really make an impact on his channel. And he's now about to break a, a thousand subs, a thousand subscribers after, you know, the first few months of the long form content wasn't really gaining a lot of traction. Now with the shift to shorts as well, uh, he's getting, you know, three, four, five, ten thousand views on his short form content. And uh, that's really giving him a lot of traction. So that is something else that I would take into consideration if you're having a little bit of uh, trouble getting your channel off the ground or you're in a smaller market, then it could be an opportunity to gain that traction. Now, that doesn't it doesn't necessarily, again, correlate into direct business, um, but it, it, it's definitely uh, gaining the awareness, building up the, the viewership. And again, you know, someone in a small market, they don't need to do the all the volume we're doing, you know, um, one, two, or three transactions a month could absolutely change their business. I mean, we've got an, uh, another guy, Chris. Um, Chris, we work with in Northwest Georgia, which is an extremely small market, very rural. You know, you drive 30 minutes in between towns. He came from nursing, uh, got burnout after COVID, no sales experience, no real estate experience, but, you know, heard what we were doing, wanted to give it a try. And, you know, Northwest Georgia, nobody's on YouTube in Northwest Georgia. Uh, he made videos for about three to four months. And I don't think he's even published a video in the last four months or so, but he's still doing business. He's still getting calls. He's, he's doing one to two transactions a month and that's enough for him. You know, you think about it, his average price point really in that small market is between three fifty four hundred thousand. You know, so that's a that's an average commission of nine to to twelve thousand. So you know, he does two of those, even on the smaller side. I mean, you think about him if they let's say they were seven thousand each, fourteen you know fourteen fifteen thousand a month for somebody in a small market, uh, rural area, not a high cost of living kind of that country town feel. He's he's happy. He's ecstatic. You know, he's and he's got four kids, <laughs> so he's he's uh, he he loves to be able to spend time with the kids 
that's important to him. He doesn't want to be bogged down with transactions. He's not trying to take over the world uh, like some of us are. And that's he's good with that. So that's the other aspect of it is, and, and because he hasn't had anybody come into the market, uh, he, you know, he's backed off of content, which of course we don't recommend, but again, he's at the advantage right now. Now, if somebody else comes into his market and starts making videos, I'm sure he'll probably pick up the, the steam and, and start moving, uh, start, you know, making videos again. But again, you know, it's, it's, you have to find out what's, what works for you and your business and, and, and how does that, um, you know, how, it, it, are you okay with that? And that's okay. That's that's what we want people to do because one or two transactions could absolutely change your business. And so, um, I think there's just ultimately what it comes down to is y- you have to hit record, right? You have to publish. You have to test things out, and you have to, you know, figure out what's going to work for you on your channel in your market. You know, everything we always talk about. I always just say they're recommendations. <laughs> it's just what we have found work with us. Uh, we've had several people duplicate that and it's worked for them as well, but they also do things a lot differently. Um, we've, you know, we got a team in Houston that has gotten way more traction uh, in the beginning than we did. And, but they hired a videographer from the start, which is something, you know, we, we did not recommend, but they've been in real estate. They're established. They've got the budget. They wanted that look. Uh, they want that he didn't want to hold a, a selfie stick. <laughs> you know, he wanted somebody else to film them. So we're like, okay, we'll go for it. I mean, they got a call within within two videos and six days. By their second video and six days of launching the channel, they got a call and it was a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar buyer, and they closed that deal. Um, he posted it in our Facebook group the other day. Closed that deal. Um, very first call, $750,000 buyer within six days. You know, like I said, it took us 30 days, um, to get our first call. So, you know, now it's just very interesting to see how things play out in different markets and different styles. And, and ultimately I believe, you know, when we help people, it's a baseline, you know, and otherwise you, you have to be involved, you know, you have to be in your business. And I think that's, what's so key about being the practitioner and being involved in your business is, is experimenting and testing and seeing the results and the successes and the learnings. Uh, I don't like the word failures because I, I feel like if you learn something, you don't really fail. You just figure out a different way to do it. Right. So, you know, you find out the successes, the learnings, what could you do differently? All of that. And that it, it just really comes down to giving it a shot. But now that shorts are searchable, I do believe they're going to get thrown in the shorts feed one way or another. It, or they either they will or they won't. You'll know if they get thrown in the shorts feed because they'll get a thousand views or two thousand or three thousand very quickly, and then it'll kind of die off. But if you want that short to be evergreen, I do believe here, um, Justin, if you're still with us, I do believe optimizing the shorts on the back end will be very important to an evergreen strategy because what I've seen until I see otherwise that the shorts feed is a live or die, uh, (laughs) live or die. It it is like you get in that shorts feed and if you're in there for two or three hours, you can get a ton of views. But after you get out of the shorts feed, whatever that means, I guess YouTube just starts uh, promoting it on the shorts feed, then that's it. It's probably not going to come up and suggested or browse from there. And search is going to be, um, what saves it on the back end. So that would be something I would consider um, and, and think about. Uh, or if you just want the initial exposure and you want it to, uh, you don't want to worry about that stuff, and and you you want to publish two or three per day, and just go for volume, you know that's one way to do it as well. So I think there's a lot of different ways to, uh, you know, you can achieve try to achieve the results you want, but it's going to come down with consistency and and understanding, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. So, well, that kind of puts us at the top of the hour. Is there anything, Justin, you would like to throw in there at the end um, or add to that? If you're still with us, he's probably already off on the next thing. Uh, Chrissy, I don't know if you're still there or not. No. Okay. All right. 
Armando, any closing thoughts, comments uh, that you had for us today? Unless you've already. Um, yeah, I'm about to start my calls, but yeah, I uh, no, it's good stuff. But uh, you know, I got a lot of lot of good nuggets, and just just to do it right, just to do something, <laughs> and to to kind of kind of see, you know, kind of taking what we're learning here, and then and then just implementing it. Yep. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. Hopefully you found this helpful and you can find us uh, YouTube for real estate, the podcast. And if uh, you want to catch the, the replay of this or any of the other previous episodes, that's where we repost this is on the podcast YouTube for real estate with Levi Lassick and Travis Plum. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in partnering with us to access our YouTube course and coaching all for free, schedule a call at 5starstrategycall.com.